Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Wednesday, March 9th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of stories three times a week and tells you why they are important. Gas prices are way up everywhere. We'll look at why that's a big deal. Hamilton will finally take the stage in Charleston this July. A bill proposed by U.S. Senator Tim Scott that makes lynching a federal crime is expected to be signed into law by President Joe Biden after years of trying. And the biggest and most expensive phase of the battery remodel downtown is expected to get underway very soon. All that starting now. The average price of gas in South Carolina is $4.02 a gallon today, according to AAA, tying the county's all-time high uh, recorded at this time of year back in 2008. The sudden increase comes as world leaders pile on economic sanctions against Russia as it continues bombing and invading Ukraine. Here's President Biden making the announcement on Tuesday. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. Americans and will feel the impact of the decision to stand up to Putin, Biden said. But the president said oil companies can do their parts, too, by not driving up costs themselves. To the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them, we understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But, 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 it's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation or, Amer- or American uh, consumers exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all, and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. Prices per gallon have risen more than 50 cents in the last week statewide, according to AAA. The announcement came yesterday as Republican politicians criticized the president's handling of Russia's invasion by saying that Biden was holding back domestic oil production, potentially making the price increases worse. Congressman Jeff Duncan and Congressman William Timmons and U.S. Senator Tim Scott all echoed similar talking points, pointing the finger at the president. The congressman called on the president to allow for more domestic oil production, uh, but Biden responded saying that, in fact, there are many domestic oil producers who have opportunities to pull in more more oil, but are not. A new Vox.com article uh, also dispels a handful of myths being floated about how to temper gas price increases. Senator Scott claimed it was Biden's shutdown of the Keystone XL pipeline that drove up prices, and that's a claim that's been found to be false by PolitiFact, a nonpartisan online fact-checking group. What is true is that the prices at the pump are particularly impactful for low-wage earners in South Carolina. A $40 fill-up a month ago now costs more than $50, and few places in South Carolina have robust enough public transit outside of major cities. And even those places are car-centric, so many people won't even think about riding a bike for commuting. Uh, For what it's worth, uh, F-150 drivers filling their 26-gallon tanks a month ago for around $83 now pay about $104 to fill up. For gig workers who drive for Uber or Lyft or other services, higher gas prices eat into their take-home pay, which has already been whittled down a good bit, according to reports from the past few years. Some, like Democratic candidate for governor Joe Cunningham, have called for a temporary pause in the state's 26-cent gas tax. But cheap gas is good political talking point, and it always has been. We are pretty much hooked on gas in the U.S., and the geopolitics of oil has always been pretty gnarly. As Colbert said this week, Take that, Putin. We're not going to buy our gas from a war criminal. We're going to buy it from the good guys. Saudi Arabia. 
Like President Biden said, it looks like this is just an impact people are going to have to live with for a little while as an alternative to a potentially even more volatile situation in Ukraine involving Russia. Hamilton finally has an opening date for its Charleston area run. The musical will take the stage at North Charleston Performing Arts Center July 13th through 24th. It's the first time Hamilton is coming to the Lowcountry, even though it will have made multiple stops in nearby cities like Charlotte by that time. Hamilton premiered on Broadway in 2015 after it was first developed as the Hamilton Mixtape. Interestingly, the mixtape first debuted in 2013 at a festival hosted by Vassar College, which is a small liberal arts school just north of New York City. Um, You might remember Lin-Manuel Miranda doing very early riffs of the Hamilton mixtape at the White House in 2009. Uh, I'm actually working on a hip-hop album. Uh, It's a concept album about the life of someone I think embodies hip-hop, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. There are at least three different Hamilton touring companies crisscrossing the U.S. right now. At least three. I can't tell which is going to be stopping in Charleston. Other Broadway productions part of the 2022-2023 season at the PAC are Dear Evan Hansen, Annie, Aladdin, Jesus Christ Superstar, and The Book of Mormon. Single season ticket holders will get the first crack at Hamilton tickets, uh, and single show tickets will go on sale later this year. Um, For now, the, the PAC is using this big announcement to sell a few more season tickets. You can find links to the new announcement and more at nowcharleston.com. A bill making lynching a federal crime passed the U.S. Senate this week, a longtime policy goal for U.S. Senator Tim Scott. The law, which previously passed in another version in the House and the Senate, but got hung up in reconciliation before it was sent to the president in 2020, is expected to be signed by President Joe Biden. Scott worked with U.S. Senator Cory Booker, a Democrat from New Jersey, and Representative Bobby Rush, a Democrat from Illinois, to pass this bill. Kamala Harris also worked on the previous version when she was in the Senate. Lynchings were commonly used to inflict racial terror on black communities, especially as late 19th century Southern politicians fought to end Reconstruction after the Civil War. But the violent killings continued well into the 20th century, and the bill that passed this week is named in honor of Emmett Till, a 14-year-old boy who was tortured and murdered in Mississippi in 1955. As in the case of Emmett Till, almost all the perpetrators of lynchings escaped punishment, even if they went to trial. Anti-lynching laws have long been debated for more than a century, so that makes this passage symbolic also, even if it is 100 years too late. Ida B. Wells, an early investigative journalist, investigated the horrors of lynching and fought in her writing and activism to stop the killings, but also to end the continued prejudice reinforced by inaction. In 1892, she wrote, The strong arm of the law must be brought to bear upon lynchers in severe punishment, but this cannot and will not be done unless a healthy public sentiment demands and sustains such action. Until now, the public sentiment never reached the point to bend political will to criminalize lynchings. Senate filibusters in the early 20th century killed previous anti-lynching laws, with Southern segregationists leading the charge. Today, the current movement to end the filibuster is partially rooted in its history of upholding racist laws. Tim Scott has fought with Cory Booker, as two of the only black members of the U.S. Senate, on police reform and this anti-lynching law, but so far have only had success in advancing the Emmett Till Act. All South Carolina representatives in Congress voted for the bill when it was in the House. And still, while lynchings were intended to stoke fear in black communities, sometimes to minimize the political impact of black voters at the ballot box, many state legislatures continue to push restrictive laws that make it more difficult in general to vote today. 
Construction will start soon on the longest and most expensive portion of the renovation of the low battery seawall downtown on Murray Boulevard. Crews have been working on rebuilding portions of the road that sits just above sea level for a few years now. The updates include new streets, sidewalks, and a raised solid seawall that's intended to protect the area from high storm surge during a major weather event. Flooding is a bigger problem on the low battery side of the wall because the sidewalk and seawall are at street level. On the other side, the high battery wall, as the name implies, uh, provides added protection from oncoming waves, but that area also floods often once the low battery seawall is breached. The updates also stabilize the walkway for pedestrians and people fishing off the battery. The total cost for this current chunk is about $21 million, and the total cost for the four phases of the updates is around $70 million total. The third phase between Limehouse Street and King Street will be finished in fall 2023. Before I go today, I wanted to point you to one more story in the New York Times uh, from earlier this week about Marvin Ross. He's a Dorchester hog farmer who holds an annual hog slaughter outside of Ridgeville. It's a continuation of a general tradition once led by Ross's grandfather to gather and celebrate the community's agricultural roots. The story kind of just follows Ross and talks to people who have attended similar events for 50 or 60 years. It's a pretty good story. You can find those links and more at nowcharleston.com. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. That's sam at nowchs.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that would also be a big help. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. Uh, Be sure to follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back Friday with the next Now Charleston.